Good morning, church. Happy Passover for you and for us, wherever you are right now. Amen. May the resurrection of the Christ will be dwell in you. Will we dwell in your family? Amen. Come on, clap your hands. Give him praise for Jesus.
for the cross oh God thank you for your blood thank you for the resurrection we are here because of you thank you thank you God you are the word of the beginning one with God the Lord most high Your hidden glory in creation Now reveal in you our Christ What a beautiful name it is What a beautiful name it is The name of Jesus Christ my King What a beautiful name it is Nothing compares to this What a beautiful name it is The name of Jesus You didn't want heaven without us So Jesus you brought heaven down Sin was great, your love was greater What could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is What a wonderful name it is The name of Jesus Christ is my King What a wonderful name it is Nothing compares to this What a wonderful name it is The name of Jesus What a wonderful name it is The name of Jesus Death could not hold you. Death could not hold you. The filter before you. You silenced the bones of sin and grave. The heavens are wrong. 
praise of your glory for you are raised to life again you have no rival you have no rival you have no equal now and forever god you
sacrifice that ever was you gave us everything Lord and because of that you gave us a new life a new hope and now we can live powerfully and successfully in this world because of you and Lord you have overcome death you are over we have overcome all sickness and diseases and now we can receive it so now, give us faith, O oh Lord. Bless us and empower us with new faith for a new journey with you. And Lord, you have overcome death by resurrection. And today, we bless you and we bless you and we bless you. And we just want to say thank you, thank you, Lord. 
Haleluya We thank you Lord Thank you Lord Thank you Hallelujah. Right now we are preparing our hearts to receive your word. Open up the windows of heaven and bless us with your truth. In Jesus name, let us all who are ready we say together. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. We bless you all at home and may right now you feel the blessing of the Lord and also his presence today is Easter day or more accurately today is the celebration of first fruits last Friday we celebrated Passover and then the next following days for three days we observe that is the unleavened bread and today the day when Jesus Christ when we celebrate the day when Jesus Christ he rose from the dead. He came out of the tomb. He overcome, overcame death. We celebrate the first fruits. Ultimately, Jesus' resurrection is the first fruit. You know why? Because later on, we will all rise up from the dead. Amen. And even some of us, hopefully including us, we have the opportunity to meet the Lord in the clouds when he comes to visit us during the rapture. Today we talk about the theme or God's guidance for us for this month, sacrifice and integrity. Of course, as we celebrate Passover and Easter, we always think about sacrifice. But friends, today, as we ponder upon sacrifice, why not? We also ponder upon, we consider what we can sacrifice to the Lord. Amen? Because by doing so, we are truly acknowledging that He is the first fruit and that we are to become likened to Him in the image of Christ. So if He sacrifices everything He had for us, it is also pleasing unto Him if we also honor Him by offering the best or sacrifice unto Him. Let us take a look at this word of God, Hebrews 9, verse 12. And the verse goes like this. He did not enter by means of blood of goats and calves. He entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. <clears throat> well, we know that it was necessary that Jesus took his blood he shed his blood for you and I but this Bible verse says that he entered where did he go where did he enter what we know is that in the Old Covenant in the Old Testament when the people of God worshipped him they needed blood of animals but they had a sanctuary they had a, a tabernacle whereby they offered unto the Lord according to the Lord's instruction. But Jesus himself, where? Where did he bring his blood? Friends, the Bible says here, by some powerful revelation and understanding received by the author of this letter, 
the author of Hebrews. And I believe the author of Hebrews was not just making some sort of assumption, some sort of conclusion. I believe he had a vision, an understanding, a divine revelation from God. Because when he said, Jesus entered the most high place, I believe the writer of Hebrews saw exactly what he wrote. That Jesus went into the holy place by his own blood. And because, by, because he entered the holy place, bringing his own blood, he obtained eternal redemption. You know what it means? In the old times, in the old system, they had to do it every year, again and again. So that means it wasn't perfect. It wasn't enough because it had to be repeated again and again. If you have to repeat something again and again, and you had the choice of doing it once and not having to repeat it again forever, which one would you choose? You would choose the second one because you only need to do it once and it settled everything forever. And so the second choice is the more superior, the superior choice for you and I. And this is what Jesus did. Because of his sacrifice, only one offering was enough. And that was his life and his blood. I want to point out to you today, Hebrews 9 verse 12 says, He went into the most holy place. Think about this. Let's ponder further about this. Let's move on to the next verse. Let's take a look at the verse about when Moses was instructed to build the tabernacle. Well, we know that Moses spoke to God. He communicated to God face to face. And in this moments where he was together with God, God showed him a design. And in Exodus 25 verse 40, listen to what God says to him. Be sure to make everything according to the pattern I've shown you here on the mount. So, you see the story? God taught him or God gave him the blueprint. Here it is. But when it came, when the time came for Moses to build, to erect the tabernacle, God warned him. God reminded him, be sure, make sure, see to it that you make every single thing according to the pattern I've shown you here on the mountain. Why did God care about it so much? Why? Why was he so concerned about the littlest details of the tabernacle? You see, it's a wonderful thing. Because Hebrews, again, the author of Hebrews saw a vision. He received divine understanding. And he wrote down these words. Because the sanctuary, the tabernacle, is a copy and a shadow of what is in heaven it serves a purpose but it wasn't just any old 
tabernacle or tent. Everything that God gave as a design of the tabernacle is a copy, a shadow of the reality in heaven. Amen? So now we see the previous verse. When Jesus took his blood, where did he bring that blood? In fact, there is a sanctuary in heaven. There is a, such a tabernacle pattern in heaven. Much more superior. And this tabernacle could not deteriorate. It was a permanent eternal tabernacle. And to that place, Jesus brought this offering and settled everything that you and I need to have a successful life in his salvation amen give praise to our living god hallelujah majesty worship his majesty unto jesus be all glory honor and praise oh, Majesty, Majesty, Kingdom authority flows from His throne unto His own. His anthem reigns. Hallelujah. So now, let's take a look at another angle about the same thing and the bible says in hebrews 10 now verse 1a the law now we talk about the law what is the law when we talk about the law we're talking about the torah the collection of books that the hebrew people had as their bible to serve and worship the Lord. So the Torah had five books. There was Genesis, Exodus, there was Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. These books were divinely inspired to the writer, which we believe is Moses. And it contained everything from the starting history of mankind, from Adam up to the time of Moses' life's life. So the story of Adam, the story of Cain and Abel, down to the story of Abraham and so forth, until the story of Jacob and when he went to Egypt and then to Moses. Five books. And we learn so many things in these books. So the Bible says the law no matter how fantastic, how powerful it is, it is only a shadow. It is just a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. So the Torah is a shadow. Everything you see, everything you hear, everything you learn from there is a shadow. Amazing. It's amazing. And so, a shadow of what? If you see a shadow, when you were a child, just like the picture here, 
I wonder if you were just like me. We were all probably fascinated by shadows. Hmm. The, sh the shadow is basically myself, right? If I move, the shadow moves. Of course, it doesn't look exactly like you because it can be longer if, you know, depending on the angle where the sun is. It can be shorter. And it can be right down under your feet during midday. But nevertheless, it's like a part of you. And it reflects you. But it is not you. And that is the meaning here when now St. Paul, the Apostle Paul in Colossians 2 verse 17 says, These are shadows of things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. It is a shadow. One more verse. Pay attention carefully. Hebrews 9, part 9a, verse 9a. This is an illustration. In Greek, parabole. It is similar to the English word parable. For the present time. Now I want to ask you this question. If this is a shadow, and all the things in the past, in the Torah, in the law, they were just illustrations. Who is the one giving you the illustration? I am a teacher. And every time you want to teach something, you give illustrations. You are teachers if you're parents. Every time your child asks you, Daddy, what's this? You give the child a definition, but then what? Then you feel like you need to explain further by giving illustrations. Now I ask you, if all of the things that we've just discussed are shadows and illustrations, who is the one giving us this illustration? No other person but himself. The living God. The living God is trying to tell us something. He is shadowing. He is illustrating. He is teaching you. And what is he trying to say? He is trying to talk about his son. Amen? His son is so precious to him that everything in the law is pointing at his son. You see, these verses are not, are not just man-made inferences, man-made conclusions, man-made analysis. No, these are not analysis. Look at 2 Timothy 3 verse 16. All scripture is God-breathed, given by divine inspiration. So when they write these things, God is moving in their mind. God is moving in their hearts. God is overwhelming them and they start to write the truth. So when they say, when, when the Apostle Paul said, these are shadows, he's not trying to give you his own analysis. When the writer of Hebrews is saying, this is an illustration, it's not him. According to me, according to him, this is an illustration. No, it is God telling them, it is me all along. I have been trying to illustrate to you all along something. Who is it? It is the Christ, His own Son. His own Son is so precious to Him. So dear 
and special to him. And it is his own son that he gave for you. Because why? He loves his son, but also he loves you. It's the same love because he would sacrifice his son for you. And so because his favor was full upon his son and he died for you, now what? Now all of God's favor now is directed to you if you receive him today. All of God's favor unto Jesus, all the dear endearment God showed to Jesus, all the precious affections and feelings He directed to Jesus, you can receive today if you receive His Son. And not only that, you will receive blessing and salvation in this life on earth. Hallelujah. Give praise to God. Give praise to God. Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all. From beginning to the end, it will always be, it's always been you, Jesus. Jesus, nothing else matters. Nothing in this world will do. At the center of it all, Jesus at the center of my life. Jesus at the center of my life. Jesus at the center of my life. From beginning to the end, it will always be. It's always been you, Jesus. Jesus, nothing else matters. Nothing in this world will do. Jesus, you're the The center of your church Jesus be the center of your church and every knee will bow and every tongue shall confess you Jesus Jesus 
Continue further. Now, take a look at this verse from Matthew 3, verse 17. It says, And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With Him, I am well pleased. One day they, there came a time when Jesus showed up in this world. And after around 30 years of living in this earth, on this earth, he showed up ready for ministry. And listen to what his father said publicly, audibly, that Jesus could hear and John the Baptist could hear. And perhaps his disciples around him also could hear. This is what he said. This is my son whom I love. With him, I'm well pleased. You know why God was so pleased with his, with his son? Because he knew all along, throughout history and throughout time, that one day his son would die as a sacrifice unto his father and also unto you and I this is what made God pleased this is what was pleasing unto his father this offering by the faith the strength of faith in Jesus he was ready not just to preach the gospel not just to teach but that one day he would go up to the cross and God already knew this all along. This was not something surprising. God is the Alpha and Omega. He knows everything about you from the beginning till the end. And He knows everything about this world from the beginning till the end. And so everything from the past that was a shadow, that was an illustration, that was pointing, was pointing to the sacrifice of Christ. It was pointing to the fact that one day, this Son of God will die. Will die for you and I. And that is it. And that is why God was so proud and openly to declare. He opened up the heavens and He let His voice be heard. This is my Son whom I love. Why was he pleased? Because of this offering. 
And we can see this throughout the Bible. Genesis 22 verse 2. When God instructed Abraham, God said, Take your son, your only son, whom you love. Friends, what is it that you love most? Could it replace God's position in your life? If you could put that aside and say, I would do everything for you, God. That is pleasing unto God. This is not easy. Sometimes in your life and repeatedly, God's voice can be heard. And God says, Andrew, sacrifice this for me. And we would say, no, God, please don't take that. No. But you know, if we want to please God, we need faith. Amen. We need to know everything's going to be all right. Everything is going to be all right. Because God is good all the time. And all the time, He is good. And so you know. You rest assured, that's fine, that's okay. I want to please you. You know, last week we were doing some renovations in the house. And you know, um, there are other families in the house, family members. Sometimes in the family, people have different tastes and wants, right? You like this, but your family member doesn't like that. Amen? <laughs> How many of you are familiar with that? So what, what we try to do, what I try to do is to do something that I know by faith, I believe, that will make this person happy. So I kind of like think about and consider with, with my heart. And behold, when we made some changes, that person, that family member was pleased. And he said, that's good. If you have a heart that wants to please God, you have to know what things are pleasing unto him, what qualities. And if you have a heart to please God, you will not withhold anything. Amen? You will say, Whatever pleases you, God. Because you know what? When Jesus offered his life to God, yes, God was pleased. But what is the result? A breakthrough. A breakthrough. The temple veil was broken. The door of heaven was open. And now you and I can enter in. Breakthroughs happen in life, in society, in this world. If there are people willing to serve God until the level of pleasing His heart. And remember, God is good. He never intentions anything, any little bit evil for you or anyone. Amen? Hallelujah. And let us prepare for the closing. This is a quote that I found from a man of God that we churches all know about him. 
And it says this, all the evil that was due to us came upon Jesus. We deserve what? We deserve, you and I deserve punishment, sorry to say, because of justice. But all the evil, all the punishment that we deserve, that was put upon Jesus. And Jesus had to bear. So that why? So that all the good, all the good things that God has, and because of Jesus, might be made available to us. Amen? What an amazing sacrifice, you see? So it wasn't just a beautiful sacrifice. It wasn't just pleasing. But because of that sacrifice, all the goodness of God now, breakthrough, can now come down to you and I. Hallelujah. Give praise to God. Hallelujah. From my heart to the head, Jesus be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. From my heart to the heavens, Jesus be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about from my heart. From my heart to the heavens, Jesus be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. From my heart to the heavens, Jesus be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's all look at just two examples let's take a look at the life of Abel and Abel in Genesis 4 verse 3 to 5a also brought an offering fat portions from some of his firstborn of his flock the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering okay okay what we need to do is we need to please God. Touch His heart. And breakthroughs happen. Amen? And we don't know the details why God decided, determined this is favorable compared to His brother. But Hebrews 11 says in verse 4, By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offering. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. Sometimes, God doesn't instruct us. This is what you need to offer. This is what you need to sacrifice. Right? Sometimes when we want to please people, we give them surprise birthday gifts. We don't ask them, hey, I'm calling you to, to check what would you like for your birthday. No. But if we can find the right present, wow, how pleasing that person that we love will be to see the present. Amen? 
Sometimes we have to decide. And the Bible doesn't say that God told Abel, taught Abel. God did not teach him anything. But he was sensitive enough. He was discerning, discerning enough to know, this is what I'm, I'm going to do. And by faith, when he did that, God was pleased with his offering. This is needed. This is necessary. Finally, Genesis 8, verse 20. This is the time when God was, God was very appalled. The, 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 the bad word is God was disgusted. So I choose a more softer word, appalled. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and taking some of the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma. So I want to I want to check with you. I want to ask you. After God had destroyed the surface of the earth and all creatures, animals, and humans, they perished. Was God already pleased? Was God pleased with that? With the destruction that was all over? No. I believe God was, God was crying. But because of justice, remember God's kingdom is based on righteousness and justice. Because of justice, He had to abolish all the wickedness that was man, that was in man's heart, that was in man's life. And even un, 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 until the point when the flood subsided and the surface of the earth was dry enough so that Noah can come out with his family. Do you think God was pleased? Oh, I am pleased now that everybody is gone. No. God was still was still saddened by the loss of all that he had created. And then Noah came out. You know, it wasn't easy during the the many days. There were 40 days of rain and then many days they were waiting for the flood to subside. What did they eat in the ark? They only had like animals by two and two. And they had a small stock that they could consume as food. But when Noah came out of the ark, he wasn't thinking about, oh, where am I going to build my house? I need to find a place. I need to find some, some wood, logs. I need to start uh, cultivating the land so that we can have vegetables and fruits. The first thing that Noah did was build an altar. And he sacrificed, I believe, the best that he had, clean animals and clean birds. And when the Lord noticed it, it says the Lord smelled. He saw it pleasing in his heart. Pleasing in his heart. And you know what? Immediately, immediately God forgave, forgave mankind, the humankind. He said, never again. After he smelled, after he was pleased, he changed his mind, he changed his heart. And he said, never again will I curse the ground because of humans. Even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy 
as I have done. And he says, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. Do you know what it means? Well, at that time, God strike. He struck the earth. And there was a devastation. Destructive devastation. Long enough, enduring enough to destroy everything except Noah's family. God will never do it again. But once in a while, destruction may happen. But it will not be as severe as the flood. Because God has promised, never again, never again. There will always be seasons. Yes, there are seasons of difficulties. Like the COVID, like the pandemic. But this will not be as severe as the flood. It will only be for a season. And that is because of God's promise to Noah. Why? Because Noah was able to touch the heart of God and please Him. And everything changed in the world because God changed His mind. Amen? That is our purpose in this world. The ultimate sacrifice is Christ and everything that we do, even now, is just pointing to Him. Amen? Hallelujah. Just pointing to the Lord. One last verse. For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. How many of you are willing to be conformed, to be likened to the image of God's Son. Can you raise your hand? Let us be like Jesus. As Jesus sacrificed, we also sacrifice. We offer an offering that pleases God and changes will happen. Amen? For the good. Hallelujah! Give praise to God. Hallelujah! Let us prepare for the Holy Communion right now. Hallelujah! Jesus at the center. Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all. From beginning to the end, it will always be, it's always been you, Jesus. Jesus, nothing else matters. prepare our bread and cup
For what I pass on to you, I receive from the Lord. But at the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body given for you. Do this as remembrance of me. Let us lift up the bread in our hands. Is not this bread for which we give thanks? Is our communion with the body of Jesus Christ? Likewise, he took the cup and said, This is the new covenant sealed by my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us lift the cup in our hands. Is not this cup for which we give thanks? Is our communion with the blood of Jesus Christ? Amen. Hallelujah. Let us give thanks. Let us give thanks Let us give thanks Oh We give you thanks Thanksgiving unto you Oh Rabakaralabasande Rabakaralabasande Rabasande Rabakaralabasande Rabakaralabasande I say thank you Jesus thank you Thank you Jesus 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 Father, we give you thanks for this nation. You will help this nation to rise up according to your promises, according to the vision that you have given to the church. And you have called upon us to worship and praise you and to lift up our prayers. And so we lift up our prayers and supplications at this moment. Lord, save this nation. Lord, if you would, pour out your blessing and salvation upon this nation. Lord, we apply your blood upon this nation. We apply your blood upon the government. We apply your blood upon the people of this land. We apply your blood upon all tribes in Indonesia. 
Your blood, your blood for every tribe and tongue in this land. In Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. Your blood is enough for us. Your grace is enough for this nation, Lord. We thank you and we bless this nation. Father, we lift up our hands. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Lord, pour out your peace. Pour out your salvation. And let the people in Jerusalem receive the blessing of the Lord. And Lord, we pray for a special blessing upon all the people, all the congregation, all the viewers of this ministry. Bless them, Lord. You touch them, renew them, protect them. Father God, we pray for the leadership of this church. We pray for Pastor Bambang, Lord. We pray for Pastor Eddie, Lord. And even we pray for Pastor Nick. Bless their ministry. Make them powerful, Lord, in you. Bless their families and protect them always, wherever they may go. In Jesus' mighty name. And Father, we pray for the hands who are giving their offering and support for this ministry. Bless them abundantly, O oh God. And before we leave right now, we're ready to receive your blessing. Lift up your hands and direct your hearts to heaven in full faith. And receive now the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and His peace, and the mighty fellowship of the Holy Spirit be yours now, tomorrow, until forevermore. And in Jesus' name, we receive, stay together. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you all. Have a wonderful Easter Sunday. Shalom.